to Just Us Thinking. I'm your host, Michael. And I'm your co-host, Rebecca. And we have Mikey in the studio here as well. Hello, everyone. And today's topic is steel horse riding. Yep, your kind of riding. <laughs> yep, my kind of riding. We have a special guest in our office. We have uh, Chad. Hello, everyone. Uh, now, you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Chad? Yeah, I'm Chad. I uh, love riding motorcycles. i um, probably been riding since I was in, oh, second or third grade. Oh, I was a thought you were going to say diapers. Huh? <laughs> wow. Just about. Yeah, my best friend, his dad got him a little uh, 80cc mini bike, and we used to tear around the neighborhood on that. And as we got older, we graduated to bigger and better bikes and stopped riding for a while and then started riding again, then got married and had kids and stopped for a while <laughs> and then started riding again about 10 years ago or so. And Well, you didn't want to get a car seat on one of those? <laughs> yeah, you know, an infant on a... Well, and I. I've got more than one, so multiple children on a motorcycle, not a good thing. That's called a sidecar. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it would be. Kind of cool. One on each side, little Ooh. rocket sidecars. <laughs> <laughs> Just have them stand on the pegs while you're driving down the freeway. That would work pretty good. All right, okay. so we're going to go over different kind of bikes here. We are, yeah. Uh, what are kind of what are the different kind of bikes out there? So really three different type of bikes. You've got your... Um, off-road bikes which if you've ever done anything like watch motocross or supercross that type of bike those typically aren't street legal unless you do some modifications to them to make them so and even then if you're in a, a city most of the time you won't see them those are things that you might see out on some real way back country roads and things like that and then you've got the sport bikes which are uh the, the little ricers the crotch rockets the and you know most of the people that in, in my experience most of the people that ride those are uh not the best people to be riding around because since they have these quick little bikes they they think they can get away with stuff that may or may not be safe to do in traffic Um, yeah i agree with that yeah and then you've got the cruiser slash touring bikes which if you think a a harley davidson an indian triumph something like that um you know you've got your imports that make things similar to that that's what you ride mike and rebecca you both ride something being that classification (laughs) Uh, just more of an import bike Okay. All right. So, and, and I ride a uh, mine's a seventeen hundred. It's a, I think they call it a road star. So it's a Yamaha. Yeah. You're riding a Yamaha, which is the V star, which is an eleven hundred. And what are you riding right now, Chad? I'm riding a Harley Davidson Street Glide Special. All right. So, and as you get older, I'm going to gather. If you keep riding, you're going to eventually get to a trike. If you can't yeah. walk, you're going ride, to ride a trike. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Is once I get to the point where I can't hold the bike up myself, then I move to a trike. There you go. And and the other thing you'll find is most people, as they get older, they move kind of up the scale more towards the touring bikes. So yeah, I, I well, I wrote, I used to ride a little Ninja two fifty. It bored out to a three three hundred, and I used to take that to the drag race. I could I could beat a Porsche off a line mm-hmm. with that thing. I mean, it was oh, yeah, fast. Little crotch rockets are quick. Yeah. So the the problem with them is generally you're young and dumb when you're riding them mm-hmm. and you do stupid things mm-hmm. you have to be young to ride those because you can't keep your body in that position for an extended period of time that, that <laughs> is true that is true yeah because you're you're kind of leaning over the gas tank mm-hmm. um kind of hunched over and you know my bike i can lean back and i can do a couple thousand miles in a weekend if i really want to i mean it's it's well, like sitting in a recliner there's a challenge for that right yep there's a couple different challenges uh, most common one is the iron butt which is a thousand miles in 24 hours and I forget what they call the others, but there's one that is 1,500 miles in 36 hours and 2,000 miles in 48. Wow. You Now, 
when you first start off the season, if you're not used to riding a lot, you, that vibration gets to you. Yeah, it's, you know, not so much the vibration. I mean, depending on on your bike, I, I guess it can. I've been riding long enough that I'm used to it, but more it's the the getting a little bit saddle sore sometimes because you're you know, you're sitting there on a bike with your legs kind of spread out because you've got a an engine right below you and a gas tank right in front of you that you're straddling. And it, it can take a little bit of time to get get back into being used to sitting in that position with your legs spread like that. And, you know, you can adjust some of that with depending on the type of seat that you get. Um, you know, plus with depending on your height, uh, you know, you may want to look into different seats just to either lower you down in the saddle a little bit more or, or raise you up if you're a taller or shorter person. Um, they have some seats that I don't necessarily care for anymore as I've gotten older that to put you in a better riding position they push you forward some um, but they're still wide out in front so it, it kind of compounds that problem of getting a little bit saddle sore with your legs spread in a position that's not normally natural for extended periods of time so and it's saddle sore so okay. you you basically if you get a guy that's riding a horse for eight hours and a guy that rode a motorcycle for eight hours they're gonna walk the same mm-hmm. <laughs> they're gonna have that little wide like, like you know bow-leggedness bow-legged is that what it's called <laughs> bow-legged, bow-legged. I, I call it something else i don't know if it's appropriate for your podcast but <laughs> and, go ahead and say it. What do you call it? I call it right, walking like they got a, a corn cob up their ass. Oh, there you yeah. go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that could be too. So now lane splitting is is another topic we're going to cover on this. Um, now some bikes aren't designed for lane splitting, so let's be quite honest here. You're not lane splitting with the trike. No. Definitely not. <laughs> My bike is not really. I, I it, mine's more of a cruiser street bike style. So. Mm-hmm. Mine isn't really, it's bigger, so yeah. you're, it's really harder to, to lane split. Right. So lane splitting is really for these fast super bikes. It, not necessarily just for the fast super bikes. I mean, if you have, even if you have like a, a Harley Sportster, you know, smaller bike, you can get away with that. With that. But, um, you know, and it also depends on how wide the lanes are and how big the vehicles are that you're splitting between. But yeah, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of talk in the motorcycle community about making lake, lane splitting legal because it's not legal in most states. It is legal in California. So yes, it is in um, California. I came from California. I actually got a ticket, or almost got a ticket. I, I talked myself out of a ticket because I was not lane splitting. So California pushes for lane splitting, and that's because of the traffic there. Right. In Kansas and Missouri, Kansas lane splitting is not allowed. So when I went down there, of course, I had my my bike. It was a, a Ninja 250. I went to lane split, and I damn near got a ticket there. I'm like, well, come on, people. What What is your thought on lane, lane splitting? To me, there's, I guess there's kind of pluses and minuses if you have a bike that can do it. The, the good thing about it, if you're on a motorcycle, is... You can get where you're going a little bit faster because you can kind of split that traffic. The The downside is it's still dangerous because you don't know what's going to happen in front of you. And, and if you're lane splitting, you don't have a lot of room. And you could get that asshole that opens the door while you're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, and I keep going back and forth on it as well. I mean, now the idea for lane splitting from what I was told is... It's to get that those bikes to get them out of traffic, get them out of everybody's way, so they're just gone. Right. So, um, some bikes are also air cooled, so sitting in long traffic and sitting for a while causes your heat, to, your engine to get hotter because you don't have that airflow. Even if it isn't causing your engine to get hotter, if if you're sitting outside on a nice summer day, and you have to remember you're sitting on top of that engine, there's not much space between you, your engine, your exhaust. If you're just sitting there, it's going to start getting hot. 
Right. Whether your your engine is air cooled, water cooled, or however you're cooling it, you know, if you've got a little little nitro tank there that's pumping cold fluid into it and cooling it, it, it doesn't matter. It's going to get hot. Well, heat rises as you're above mm-hmm. the engine. Yep, that's... exactly. Which, if if you ever notice, if you see, you know, out here, if you get into Kitback Country Roads, we've got a lot of train tracks that go through little towns and stuff like that, and they're long trains, sometimes a mile plus. If you ever notice when you see bikers at one of those. Typically, if nothing else, they're going to stop their bike. They're going to turn it off to keep that heat from building. A lot of times, they'll get off it and stretch their legs a little bit because they know they've got that time. And you know, we we can't move around as much as you could in a in a cage. So. <laughs> right, right. But back That's a to good idea. back to lane splitting. The the people in the motorcycle community, a, a lot of them that are pro lane splitting, say that it's safer because it gets you out of that possibility of someone coming up behind you and not seeing you, which which can make sense because. The, a lot of the public at large doesn't look for motorcycles very well. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll see them, but if they're, they're not really paying attention, they may miss that there's a motorcycle in front of them behind that car that's in front of the motorcycle, and they may just see the car. Well, that's happened to me. I, mm-hmm. I, I've been sitting behind a car, and I just happened to look in my rearview mirror, and I saw that car was going real, pretty fast, and I, they weren't even looking up. They were looking down, mm-hmm. so I don't know what they were doing. I'm, Texting and driving. Yep. So I... I, of course i'm in first gear so i just kind of I, I had enough room i just kind of whipped beside the car and they actually rear into the the truck that i was sitting behind mm-hmm. if that was me you'd have been hurting yeah i, I might have been on there i'm hoping i might have ended up on their hood yeah so that's a good argument for lane splitting i could understand so and and to me because one my bike i can't lane split with it's just way too wide to lane split unless i've got smart cars going down either side i'm not fitting through there very well <laughs> right smart so cars. <laughs> So for me, when that's a I, caged motorcycle. Yeah, it, it's a golf cart on steroids. Right. <laughs> so for me, if I'm riding solo or with a couple people, say it's the three of us out riding, I prefer to be in the lead position most of the time, um, just because. Well, I I take that back. I pretty be either be in the lead or in the very back. Okay, so and, and that's a good good subject that we're going to go to. So right. so pack riding, so mm-hmm. riding but, in a group. Right. Before we get to that. The if if I'm leading, I'm going to make sure that I'm stopping with plenty of room between the front of my bike and the back of the vehicle in front of me, so I have a little bit of maneuver room if someone comes up behind me fast. Okay. Um, you know, other thing I do is I am always looking for multiple exits in case I have to get on the gas and get out of that spot. Do I have a, a shoulder on one side or the other? Is there a, a gap to one of my sides where there's a spot between two vehicles I can pull into real quick? Mm. You know, it's, that's a good idea. The The thing with with motorcycles that if you haven't been riding for a while um, or if you just aren't one of those people that really are concerned about your safety and, and the safety of others is you always have to have your mind going. Yeah, you can get back on, on country highways and, and relax, which is one of my favorite things to do. I typically ride a lot of the same roads, so after I ride them once or twice each season, unless there's been something drastic happening... I know the bad spots on those roads, but for the most part, you've got to, especially if you're in the city, you've got to always have your head on a swivel. You've got to be thinking. You've got to be looking for those exit points. That's actually good for for you, actually, Rebecca. You're you're new to this. so. Yep, that's actually really good advice. And Mikey, if you're going to start riding bikes, that's going to be something. You're learning how to drive a car now. Yes, I am. So the same things that apply for you driving a car now is also going to be for a for a vehicle for a motorcycle too you should be you know scanning ahead of you doing everything 
on a motorcycle, I almost want to say it's kind of easier to scan ahead. That you don't have a you don't have a radio or, or distractions in the car. I've I've got a radio on my bike, but on a bike, I think you've got a a bigger field of view because you don't have this hood in front of you with the engine. Right. And and when I'm riding, at least in looking at at the road out in front of me, I'm always looking at roughly two seconds out 10 seconds out and then out to somewhere in the 20 plus second range just looking for those potential obstacles especially if i'm riding with a group and i'm leading a group i can't then all of a sudden say oh there's a pothole here i need to swerve and expect everyone else to be able to react behind me so well and there's also signs that you guys that motorcyclers Mm -hmm. use hand signals hand signals and foot signals Mm -hmm. so they do that now i remember a guy i i was coming home I was in the slow, I was in the slow lane, so I was in the right lane. I hit my turn signal to go into the fast lane. I, I remember seeing a motorcycle behind me or coming up behind me, but he was coming. Mm-hmm. I looked in my mirror. I'm like, okay, there's a motorcyclist. I use my turn signal. And I'm, I'm passing a car that's in the left lane. They're going slower than I was, mm-hmm. which I was one of my pet peeves. So as I get over the motorcycle that was behind me, he was going so fast that he got right behind me and tried to whip over the lane right before I did. I didn't didn't even see him. Mm-hmm. And I, I got over because I had to clear the car. I had to make sure there's enough space there. That motorcycle tried to take that space from me. I bet um, it was on a crotch rocket. And it was a crotch rocket. Yep. It, it was one of those, you know, and he was just being, and I remember his hand actually touched the side of my truck and he kind of like went over and you know, at that point I was already committed and there was already a car, you know, a car, you know, a car's there. And I'm like, there's another car turning. I'm like, there's nowhere mm-hmm. for me to go. I'm, I'm stuck here. I have to get over in this lane. Mm-hmm. And luckily he slowed down, you know, enough for me to, you know, get over. And, you know, he was mad at me for it. Right. I'm like, you know, if you're going to drive, you know, the speed limit's 40, 45. If you're going to drive 80 down the freeway and, and whipping in and out of traffic, I, 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 I kind of call that lane splitting to a certain point because they take the space from you. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm terrified because if that was Michael and, or Mikey or Rebecca, I keep calling Michael now, what the heck? <laughs> if that was Mikey or uh, Rebecca and they went through, and I'm not sure, most people, like you said, don't look for motorcycles. So mm-hmm. you would never even think that he's there. And all of a sudden, he, I saw him behind me. And he was a ways behind me. Oh, yeah. He was moving. I remember and, that, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, and that kind of goes back to that, that point I made when we were talking about different types of bikes. Most people on crotch rockets, and, and I, I say most people because there are some very safe and courteous riders on crotch rockets. They just like to be able to get out and go fast. Right. And there are people that ride bikes like mine that will do the same thing that we complain about people on crotch rockets doing. Right. Um, but yeah, they they typically think that because they've got this little bike that can go really fast and accelerate real fast, they can kind of zip around and do whatever they want to do, not not thinking that there are people in front of them that are planning to do things as far as moving around in traffic. I had almost the exact same thing happen to me probably 20 years ago, and and this was on Dodge Street, just uh, just west of 72nd. Ooh. So one of the busiest areas of town when it comes to roads. Right. And this was early in the morning, so there wasn't a lot of traffic. And I was heading west and checked my mirrors. I was I was in a car, checked my mirrors. There was a crotch rocket that was several hundred yards behind me. I, I don't know how far for sure, but, but more than 200 yards behind me. And I needed to get over to the left of the lane. I checked again, put on my signal, started to move over. By the time I was starting to move over, 
he flew by me. He had to kind of jog over into the far left lane and then back out. Flip me the bird as he went past me. And he'd probably on 72nd and Dodge, that stretch between 72nd and 90th, he was doing easily 9,500 miles an hour. I guess yeah. he was on top of me and by me like I was standing still. Well, the the problem is, is you know, when they do that, they I'm 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 assuming they don't understand physics because you know if I'm in a, a F one fifty and I weigh so much, I'm I'm heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, my in fact that that car that truck accident I was in, yeah. I punted that little Honda completely out of the intersection when they turned left in front of me. Right. Um, can you imagine if that was a motorcycle? Yeah, well, yeah, and it's like you said, it's physics. That motorcycle hits your truck or my truck or even if it hits a little Honda Civic or even a, even go smaller, hits a smart car. That motorcycle is going to stop real quick. Right, right. The rider isn't going to. Well, yeah, that's the, the they're they're going to play Superman. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I watched a video. It's a, it's a hilarious video of a, a car that's you know stopping at a red light. The motorcycle, I guess, wasn't paying attention. He comes, rear ends him, flips over and lands on the person's hood. Now, granted, they weren't going very fast, but that was just a slow accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to understand when you're you're riding on nothing, you're yeah. literally you're yeah. That bike is going to stop because that bike's not going to go through the truck. That's you know, mass will not you know mass yeah. is going to is is king there. You know, I, I joke around as you know right away goes to gross tonnage. You know, yeah, it, it, it kind of is true. You know, can you imagine? I mean, and then he goes, he, he would have, he could have flowed right through my cab. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, and, and, you know, it's kind of back to where I was saying earlier. I've always got escape plans when I'm riding. I, if, if I'm approaching traffic or approaching intersection, in my mind, I'm playing out scenarios. Okay, if this car does this, here's what I'm going to do. If, as I approach this intersection, someone comes flying through and blows the light or the stop sign, here's what I'm going to do. Wow. And, you know, you, you have to do that just to stay safe because, there are times where you're not going to be able to stop. I mean, you've only got two points of contact on something that weighs, depending on the bike, less than a thousand pounds. Right. right. So you, you've got two points of contact, which isn't going to slow you down real quick. Now you can engine brake, slow yourself down quicker, but still there are going to be times where you're not going to be able to stop. So you have to figure out is your best option going to be trying to weave away from them and which could lead to issues where you're weaving and you're weaving into traffic from another vehicle and compounding the issue. Are you going to just have to, you know, bite the bullet, raise your butt off, off up off the seat a little bit and, and crash into them and hope that you make a safe landing when you go airborne? Are you going to have to lay the bike down and, and save yourself that way? And so, you know, it's, those things all have to kind of be going through your head because we don't have any protection. I mean, if the accident that you're in, you're, you're in a big F-150, they're in a Honda Civic. Either way, there's some protection there. There's steel there to help protect the people within those vehicles. Well, airbags and all mm-hmm. this stuff. There's yep. safety features there. Seat belts, you know, all sorts of things to help you. On a motorcycle, you don't have that. Well, now they have these these new jackets, and I, and I, I actually like them. They're like an air like an airbag jacket. Oh, have you seen those? Yeah, those, those are really cool. Here's here's the thing with those. Those won't stop you from flying on the motor off the motorcycle. Those yep. help with impact on something, mm-hmm. but you're still going to go flying. That's not a good thing. So, right. I right, wonder well, if they work really good. I've, I've seen. In fact, they're using them for like some of the elderly. I've seen them put in for the elderly. Like if someone is old, they have these like suits that they a can fall wear, jacket. like a fall jacket kind mm-hmm. of deal. Interesting. Um, <laughs> and as soon as it, as soon as it like. I guess there's a sensor in there that if it feels that you go like over yeah. sideways, um, it, it'll 
spring into action. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like you can put a motorcycle, you know, airbag on a motorcycle. Right. All, all that's going to do is launch you up higher in the air. <laughs> can you imagine that? <laughs> you, well, we cleared the F-150, but that's a long but way down. But now we're bouncing. <laughs> all right. So... No, we we talked about pack riding a little bit there. So. Yeah. So what, now there's different positions in when you're riding together. Right. Right. So where where would you say a new person needs to ride? New person probably somewhere in the middle to the back. Okay. So um, what what are the positions? So you've got your your lead position, which is going to be the person in the front on the left. Okay. And he's the one that has to know where he's going. Right. right. He better that's, have good directions. Yeah. That's that's typically the person that knows the roads around knows what to look for you know at, at least when i'm riding with people depending on the groups that i'm riding with some people it's uh we kind of do a shotgun start to see who gets lead position but uh, okay. for the most part it's kind of planned out that all right, i'm going to lead this leg of it and we're going to go from where we are to point a and you've i've seen this in writing i've seen people where the one person was you could say that this person was leading and all of a sudden you see a shift and mm-hmm. I think it, it was like a, a change. And they went to, it, one, it was a state line. I remember watching them go through state line. And as soon as they hit state line, it's like all of a sudden it was like this really cool, I want to say like synchronized motorcycling where the front kind of slowed down. The you know people came up and they kind of repositioned. It was really kind of cool to watch. And I'm going to gather that was, hey, I knew these roads you're going to take over on these roads or whatever they were going to do. Probably something like that. Hmm. Right. It's, you know, based on knowledge, or it could have just been that, that something was going on and someone farther back needed to get up to communicate something to someone in the lead. Or, uh, but, you know, if it's something synchronized like that where, you know, say maybe it's someone that's second row back is then swapping places with someone in the front, that's typically going to be because, okay, I know to this point and you know the road's going from here. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, really, in a pack, there's two real important positions, and that's going to be the lead person. They're the one that knows where they're going. And then the tailgunner position, the person all the way in the back. What's uh, his responsibilities? Their responsibility is going to be blocking traffic if you're doing a, a... And this is more for larger groups. If you've got a group of four four bikes, it doesn't really matter as far as the tailgunner position. You know, even if you've got a group of six or seven. But once you start getting into larger pack riding where you're 10 15 20 plus bikes it's really important to have a tail gunner that knows their job and it's probably a little bit crazy because they they're going to be the ones that if you're all shifting lanes they're going to be the ones that should move over first to start blocking that traffic so that you don't end up with a couple vehicles in the middle of of your pack of riders okay mm-hmm. that, that makes so, sense i mm-hmm. Optimally, you do that where you've got enough space for you all to shift over all at once. Uh, which, if you're ever behind a pack of bikes and see them all do that, it, it looks pretty cool because it's if they've all been riding together, it's all just in unison, and they all just kind of shift over. And then if they're passing something, they'll pass them and they all just shift back. Okay. Um, but otherwise, the 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 tail gunner is going to move over to kind of slow down that traffic behind them so that everyone can in that pack can get over into that lane, get going, get to where they need to be, and stay together. Okay, so if you're a car and you're seeing this and you're you're going down and if you end up beside the bikers and you start to see the back ones, you know, start to move over, that means you probably get out of their way. Right, and and typically if if there's a unless it's something where they have to get over right away, if there's a a vehicle 
right next to that pack of riders. They're not going to start shifting over with that vehicle there. They right. They like to have the room so that they can all shift over together, whether it's all moving at once or the tail gunner moving over and blocking traffic behind and then everyone else sliding over from the front working back. Right. So, and, and so freeway, it's a little bit different. So when you're riding down the highway, you know, it's, it's a little bit different when you're, if you see like, and we go to Fremont, which mm-hmm. is quite a bit. Um, and I can see this, this happens in Fremont quite a bit. Cause that's, I know there's a lot of bikers that love to run through Fremont. Mm-hmm. You got red lights. So if you're driving down the main road and you got red lights, sometimes those red lights, you know, half the, half the bikes are through, before the second group can go through so if you see that you got to understand that this group that just got stopped they're going to try first the group that's in front are going to slow down to you know wait for the the group and then that group is going to try and speed up to get there so if you see something like that happening and you're in a car understand that that's what they're going to try and do they're going to try and pack back up so if you decide to get behind the motorcycles and you see a group coming behind you well that's probably part of the same group get get out of their way right yeah it's it's just common sense there it's it's common courtesy yeah Yeah. but most i but that's the problem with with a lot of people is a lot of people aren't courteous with bikes and Mm -hmm. it very well could be I don't know if it's because they're just a jerk or if they just don't know. Yeah, lack I, of knowledge. I think a lot of it's lack of knowledge. Or, you know, it could even be that they've had bad experience with people on the bikes before because, let's face it, there are a lot of, just like there are a lot of assholes in cars, there are a lot of assholes on bikes. Yeah. So, it, 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 yeah, every group has them. Um, so when you, you know, I'm not going to treat every car like they're, like they're an asshole, mm-hmm. but I also don't want just because I'm riding a bike, um, you know, just because you had a bad experience, don't, don't take it out on me. Right. I, I, if that crotch rocket, you know, blew by you and, and you got mad at them, well, that's not me. Right. You know, I, I guess. And, and you know, it's the, I guess the other thing to look out for, especially now that we are getting into motorcycle season, there's going to be a lot of poker runs. Um, and a lot of these poker runs are charity. They, bikers give so much to charity. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every poker run that you see, that money is going to some sort of charity. Well, and they're, they're huge sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, how many bikes do you have in, in a poker run generally? Uh, it, it, you, you can have hundreds depending on the poker run. Hundreds. Now, they're not always necessarily riding together. Right. You know, normally they're going to run in packs, but I've been on ones where we were in a group of 30 bikes. And what you'll see sometimes with those is you'll see people that'll run kind of, I guess, call it the stopper position where... They'll go ahead and and they'll block traffic, uh, crossing traffic, so oh, that okay. the entire pack can get through at the same time. Kind of like a funeral pr- procession. Kind of, kind of okay. the same idea. Those people have to be a little bit crazy because you don't know that anyone's going to stop for you when you're sitting there. And <laughs> technically, they really don't have to because, well, your people have a red light. But you know, it's trying to keep all of us together because then we can move as an organized unit as opposed to being scattered all over and causing issues with. All right, well, now now we left half our pack back behind us, so instead of doing 45, we're going to end up doing 20 miles an hour waiting for them to wait for the light to change and catch up with us. Right, yeah. right. So Which just causes more problems up road. So. And right. didn't that happen to us when we went out with the group? Yeah, we, we got stuck at a light, mm-hmm. and then yeah. the group in front had to go slower, and then we had to catch up. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, so so we have experienced that. So right. it is it is kind of crazy when that when that happens. Um I, I now it's safety in numbers so right. i don't know how many times i've been riding a bike and then i see another biker 
I, you, you've noticed, and I've done that, I've, all of a sudden I've had that where I've been riding around, some guy that I don't know comes mm-hmm. by, and all of a sudden he's riding my second position next to me. Right. And then we go through, and then, you know, you give the, the hand signal, and then he goes off to his direction, I keep going my direction. Right. So it's safety in numbers. Now, you'll also see motorcyclists, uh, it's two fingers down. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means, Rebecca? Um, I told you. I, I know you told me, and I can't remember Do you remember, now. Mikey? Uh, no, I don't. It's, it's supposed to be two wheels down. Yep, keep both it, wheels keep down. Keep both wheels down. It's it's a it's a courtesy. It's a a safety thing. It's okay. it's it's kind of one of those I see you kind of deals. It's showing showing brotherhood, kind of like if you've ever been and and showing a a, a connection with that person, kind of like if you've ever been out in the country roads here, you see that farmer right riding down the road that he waves at everyone, kind of a, a saying hello, just something that bikers do between bikers and. You've got some people that it's they'll only do it if you're on the same type of bike as they are, or um, if if you're you know there there are people that even go so far that if you're on an import bike they won't do it. Okay. Now, I, what about like if you're in a car and you ride a bike and you just kind of do you like wave to them still or you can you, you can they may not if you they may not notice, notice what it. you're doing because no I've had people wave at me on my bike when they're mm-hmm. in a car. Now I've seen I, I've seen the one guy he you know he did the two fingers down out the window his windows down so he mm-hmm. did two fingers so I'm like okay that's a biker I I kind of like watching cars wave at me yeah. because that means they see me mm-hmm. it, it's all about visibility so I like I like the fact that they can see me so and I I like that you know kids I I will always wave at kids in a car mm-hmm. always yep because those kids can see you I want those kids growing up you're starting to look for those motorcycles themselves oh there's a motorcycle they may think it's cool when it's a kid but when they grow up they're going to start looking for those Mm -hmm. and you never know i did did the exact same thing with my girls when they were little and i'd pick them up from their moms and we'd be coming back home we'd play count the motorcycles on the way home yeah and they'd be sitting in the back and looking for motorcycles and, and there's one there's one and they'd count them and tell me how many motors you know does two things one they were little and they were learning how to count so it gets them counting yeah and right. two it gets them used to looking for motorcycles so oh. well yeah and and you don't know if the parent you know the dad's driving the car you don't know if the dad sees you and you're mm-hmm. coming up and all of a sudden you see the kids in the backside dad a motorcycle dad a motorcycle well now that kid's also alerting that dad okay there's a motorcyclist mm-hmm. let me you know pay attention you know it, so there's a lot of things that that can go through so i, I kind of like that so that that's kind of your different writing positions um now the, and I watch a lot of the the YouTube videos of these stunt riders. They like to pop a wheelie, mm-hmm. you know, weaving in and out, standing up on a motorcycle in the middle of the you know. And a lot of times they're doing it with traffic. Right. I how do you feel about that? <laughs> it to me, there there's stunt riding where you're doing it in a controlled environment and it's for exhibition purposes. Um, you know, like. They've got Hunter Block over in Council Bluffs, and you go over that, and a few times a year they'll have the the guys that do the jumps where they have these inflatable ramps, and they'll do jumps and tricks, and they'll have other people doing different stunts. They're in a controlled environment where you don't have to worry about traffic and, and things like that. That's great. I'll go watch that all the time because it takes 
a, a phenomenal level of skill to do some of the things they do. Yeah, I, I will not do any of that. I, I, I mean, I, 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 back in my younger years mm-hmm. when I was young and dumb, I can do, I could pop a wheelie on a sports bike is really easy. Mm-hmm. Also do an endo, which is a reverse wheelie. It's just where you're on the front tire and you, mm-hmm. you're sliding and controlling the whole back end of the bike. It, it takes a lot of practice. Now, some of these people will pop a wheelie for a long time oh, yeah. and then stand on the back pegs where, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Which again, if you're in a controlled environment, great. That's, that's fun to watch. Yeah. The, the people that do it in traffic, I refer to as stupid riding. Yeah. Because... <laughs> When when you're popping a wheelie or you're doing an endo or you're standing on the pegs and, and doing something or you know, you're kicking your feet up and putting them on the handlebars or whatever, you don't have full control of that motorcycle. No, and you have yeah. no idea what that car is gonna exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You you have now multiplied your reaction time exponentially. Right. So that and, car so you're in you're in the right lane, you're going through, the car is over there, they might not see you. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing, as, especially if you're doing it at night. Right. So if you're doing it at night and you're popping a wheelie and that car looks in the rearview mirror, they're not going to see a light because your light's pointed up. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to see a light. So they're like, oh, I don't see anything there. I'm just going to get over. Generally, you have to go pretty fast to pop a wheelie. I mean, yeah. you're, you're not going at two, two, five miles an hour. You're you're speeding up generally. I watched, I don't know how many videos of these people wrecking into these cars and then they get upset about the cars right i was i was already in the lane you came over on me i couldn't see you yeah well and the other problem you get into is the majority of the people that are doing this are riding in a pack and they're typically at the front of the pack so if something happens even if it's not another vehicle involved even if there's something in the road that that throws their tire and causes them to dump you now have a chain reaction because you've got all these crotch rockets that are going really fast and lead bike dumps and they're not all going to be able to get out of the way of him. No. It's uh, just going to be a domino effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's going to, well, you're going to have, some of them are going to scatter. Right. And they're going to scatter into other lanes. So if you have, a, if they're in the middle of the lane and they're doing something stupid, mm-hmm. you have cars that are going on the other lanes. These motorcycles can all of a sudden start flying over in all kinds of directions. It's just, don't do it. It's just stupid. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I like I said, I, I will go and watch people stunt ride on motorcycles in controlled conditions. Um, you know, I, and I've seen people do crazy stuff in controlled conditions on a bike like mine. Yeah, um, you know where where <laughs> really? if, if you can, yeah, if you can pop a wow. wheelie on a bike like mine, you're you're doing something special and you're generating a lot of power. Now, yeah. can you do it? No, no. Okay. Well, no. here here's the problem with uh, with the type of bikes we we ride. Um, the fork position in the front what holds the front tire is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many times I've seen someone with the uh, with their front tires kind of stretched out. If they try to pop a wheeler and they come down, that can break off. Oh, yeah. yeah. A sports bike, if you notice, their handlebars are almost right above the tires. Their wheelbases are generally a lot smaller than ours. Yeah, they, they don't have an, as much rake in that in their front forks where that angle going out. You know, if you look mm-hmm. at, um, you know, pictures of real old motorcycles where they're those stretch choppers. Those I love things those. have a huge rake. Love those. Uh, but, yeah, even the, the rake, which is the angle that your, your front forks go out from the bike. Even even on bikes like ours, there's enough of an angle there that if you come down hard, you, you can you know do some serious damage to that yeah. bike. Well, yeah. Okay. So it's not recommended. Now, if you end up you know you know kind of just lifting up barely off the ground because you took off a little quicker, you know, and there's a clutch. You know, so most motorcycles you have a clutch, mm-hmm. and if you pop that clutch just wrong, or you you know a, a cable snap, a cable could snap real easy, and all of a sudden, you know, guess what? You're off. You're off the clutch, and now you're in trouble. So, 
Well, and and not even that. There have been times where I've been out riding, and you know, in, in the summer when we get real hot, you'll see areas of the road that buckle. Oh yeah. And then then it'll cause a, a big divot. Well, if if it's you know only a couple inches wide, that's that's not really a lot to worry about. You still have to be a little careful going over it, but you know there are times where that can be six eight inches, and you have to go over it. There's not well, it's it's clear over on this side or over on that side. You have to go across that and. You know what I do when I'm riding is that's where I'll I'll get up off my butt on the seat, and as I'm approaching it, I'll pull up on the front handlebars. Not that, not that any of us really, in, unless you're in, incredibly strong, can can pull that front end up just like that. But you can help keep it from slamming down into that that little cavern that's created. Well, that's when you get off off your gap. get off your seat, so you get mm-hmm. a little bit of that weight off of it right. as it comes down. Yeah, yeah. Pull that back, lean back a little bit, just to help keep that front end up. Right and yeah, you you may you know pull it up an, an inch, you know half an inch, an inch, whatever. But you know, you're, the bikes can do that. It's it's when you start getting that that front tire up and that that bike at a twenty plus degree angle that you're you're asking for trouble on a on a touring bike or a, a cruising bike. Yeah. Well, and, and I really wish someone uh, would sit on our city road commission here because the one thing I hate the most of is. I call them death death lines. It's when they pass the road, but they have that like groove that they mm-hmm. put in there. If a motorcycle gets in that groove and their tire gets stuck in there, it, it's sometimes a little slick, and you can cause a lot of problems. Oh yeah, it's you know textured pavement. Pavement when they're they're redoing the surface, they'll texture them a lot of the times, and you'll get those grooves that on a in a car you might might not necessarily notice, other than you get this road noise from your tires. Right on a motorcycle those textures can throw you right and, right and, and and they tell you and you know it's kind of almost like crossing a railroad track so if you get in that groove of that railroad track and you don't go if you go to bad angle you get in that that tire can catch and it will it can throw you i mean it could literally buck you off the motorcycle yeah the same thing with some of these grooves that you're you're seeing that's why kind of why i don't like lane splitting too much because i've seen those grooves go over and if i get into that groove and it goes into the car and I can't get out of it. I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've noticed on that Kennedy Freeway, there's like on the one lane, there's almost where you could fit a tire in there. Yep, that's and what I'm I'd talking be about. Like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that that those are death lanes for me. Yeah, yeah and, and if you get your tire trapped in that, it can be tricky to get it out sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Especially for someone like me who yeah, a new rider is yeah. a, a new year. And so when you're saying scan ahead, that's also what you're looking for too. Oh, yeah. I'm, pot he- potholes. I've almost said potheads. You got to watch out for those too. I, I'm, I'm looking for for potholes. I'm looking for tar snakes. Where when they've tarred parts of the road and that comes up and it's just a big chunk of tar that's laying in the road. Oh yeah. I'm looking for grass clippings. People, please do not blow your grass clippings into the street. Right. That is like ice to us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking for sand and gravel, which coming over here today, I was thinking about taking my bike. I'm glad I didn't because I don't know what they did on that main street coming into your neighborhood. Yeah, they, 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 I think they're out there doing repairing. I, in my car, I was blocked out, you know, the other day. So well, I, I turned on, I thought I turned on the wrong street because it's all this loose gravel. And yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they repairing were... all the, uh, the drainage ditches over yeah. there. And yeah, the, and that's the, that's the thing. That's a courtesy that these they don't ride bikes. Obviously, they don't mm-hmm. ride bikes because if any other, any other person on the crew says, "Yeah, let's move some of this dirt and debris out of the way," they oh, yeah. don't. And if and and I when I ride, typically going into a turn, I'll slow down and then I'll accelerate about halfway through the turn and accelerate out of it. 
if if I'd had my bike and that was so soft there, if I'd had my bike and done that, not realizing that there was the gravel there, I I potentially could have kicked my back end out from underneath me. Yeah, and then and then you'd have been sliding down, mm-hmm. and and then that's right or down. So I can kind of I completely see that. So it's it's courtesy to to do some of that stuff. That's that's something you have to watch out for. I always get on Mikey when he mows the grass. I'm like, okay, make sure you're not blowing the grass into the street. Well, see, and that's the thing you have to teach them. If you start teaching them young, uh, on and that's just common courtesy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just there, there's some some things that are just common courtesy out there. Like if you see a biker. Just kind of, you know, if you want to wave at them, just kind of give them a, hey, I see you. Right. Because, I mean, if if, if I know you see me, then I feel a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it, it's a comfort thing. Well, and, and other courtesies, if you have a motorcycle in front of you, give them space. Right. Uh, you know, we, we, because we don't have that that protection around us, the airbags, the seatbelts, we, we like having room because that's our cushion that's our you know like i mentioned earlier our escape routes i i know i've got enough room here so that if i have to hit the throttle hard and shoot over to the left i've got a, a bubble that i can go through to get there well and if something happens and you're tailgating a motorcyclist you can kill them oh yeah you, yeah, you, you if, if they go down or something happens where they have to ditch the bike or they hit something that that causes a, a, an issue and they go down if you're not you know driving at a safe distance you're going to run them over mm-hmm. well and not just that i when you're when you're approaching a red light and you're stopping leave extra space between you and the back end of that motorcycle right you know i've i've been in accidents myself in my truck where i got rear-ended and even stopped with my foot on the brake it still pushed me forward a couple of feet i was hit so hard yeah. Now, if I was right up on the back end of a motorcycle and, and that happened, they're not staying upright. No, it's, no. And, you know, it may push them into a uh, the vehicle in front of them and, and cause even more damage and injury. Well, what's worse is, I mean, can you imagine if that was, just take a vehicle like, you, you and me drive pretty good vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in my F-150 and I'm behind you um, and I didn't leave enough space and, you know, there's a motorcycles between us and there's not very much space and a big you know u-haul truck comes up or and rear ends me mm-hmm. they're going to push me into you and then that motorcycle is going to be pinned between our two cars yep um that's a nightmare it is it's uh you know and and again that also goes back to if you're riding be cognizant of your surroundings look for those those escape routes right right because we can talk about all of this until we're blue in the face but not everyone's going to do it um, right you know, right it's I, I can't tell you the number of doors that are dense that I've kicked in driver's side doors or passenger side doors because someone's moving over into my lane. I hate when people, you're even when the lane splitters and the people open the door, mm-hmm. um, just because they're being a jerk. Yeah. Don't do that. You're, yeah. you're, you're going to, I, I, I don't care if that's your lane or not. If you do that intentionally, mm-hmm. you're at fault. Well, even if you're doing it unintentionally, it's, you know, as, as a driver in a vehicle, you have to be aware of your surroundings. There are motorcycles there. Now, my bike, it's it's a good sized bike. It's big. You should be able to see me if I'm close to you. Right. But even if you don't see me, my exhaust is loud enough that you're going to hear me. Right. And I have had people come over, I literally shoulder to shoulder with them, where all they had to do is look to their their right or to their left, and they'd see me, and they just don't even pay attention. They start coming over, and horns on a motorcycle aren't real loud. Well, and, and <laughs> they're kind of worthless. So, and I, and yeah. I was teaching Mikey this too because he's driving, and that's all. I, 
don't get me wrong a lot of these cars have a lot of good features which i really love however mikey was backing up and i'm like you got to look over your shoulder he was and he was looking at the camera so our mm-hmm. you, you hit the reverse and the camera's there don't just rely on that camera you got to look over your shoulder you have to still look back you still have to use your eyes don't just depend on that one camera because that camera might not catch the motorcycle or you may on the camera you may not understand that that's a motorcycle you know there's there's difference there so Mm -hmm. for for new riders like rebecca rebecca you've been riding for this is going to be year two Mm, yeah okay what would be a good experience or what would be good information for a new rider so i've always said until you really get comfortable with your motorcycle well and, and actually let's back up don't get something too big for you if if you are new to riding or if you haven't ridden for a while and you're getting back into it, start off small. You can always go bigger. Right. I have I have seen countless people say, "Oh, I'm getting my first motorcycle. I'm going out and getting a, a brand new Harley." All right. Well, you're you're throwing away twenty thousand dollars because you're going to dump that bike. It's going to have too much power for you starting off. Or they're getting a crotch rocket and they're getting a two thousand cc bike, and yeah, you're you're not going to be able to control it. Yeah. So start small and work your way up. And, and and you did that, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. You started on a six fifty. Yeah. I, I now I started on a th- on a two fifty. It was a crotch rocket. So it was it's a crotch different. rocket. It's not apples to apples. Right. Mm-hmm. So I remember starting, and I was starting off really small on a cruiser six fifty seven hundred is about eleven hundred is probably the lower and anything over eleven hundred is going to get into your heavy. Well, and and really for first bike, I wouldn't recommend anything. If you're talking cruisers, I wouldn't recommend anything over eight fifty, maybe nine hundred at the most. Okay. Uh, because the other thing you're doing is, as you're getting a bigger bike as far as inch and size, you're ha- getting a heavier bike. Right. You're not used to how you may need to plant if you need to stop short, or the the way the bike's going to lean if you need to stop short. And it doesn't take much for that bike to get off center, and if, if you're not used to it and don't have the power to hold it up, for it to just dump over on you. Right. And, and that's where I think Rebecca's having a little bit of issues. She started on a 650. She rode that for a while. And then I ended up getting a bigger bike. So she ended up riding my 1100 because mm-hmm. we had it. The, there's Now there's pros and cons for the 1100. I think it's like the 9 to, nine to 1300. Um, I feel those are better to ride on the freeways and on the, on the highways. They're heavier. You don't get the the pull that you have when you go buy a diesel. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go buy a big old um, a big old truck, if you're, I, I remember on that little that little sports bike I had. Man, I remember the first time I went by by a truck, I felt like I was getting sucked right underneath it. Mm-hmm. You don't feel that so much on the 1100. So most of Rebecca's riding. I th- is going to probably end up being freeway. I think you're pretty good with the 1100, but she she still thinks it's a little big for her. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> well, and that's that's where it's growing into that bike, getting used to it. You know, the the nice thing about that is you've got a bigger engine, you can go faster, you can keep up, do more fun things. We went riding, and I got you going yeah. really fast a year ago, and you didn't think you were going to like it, and then you were giggling like a little school schoolgirl. So yep, yep, that was fun. Um, you know, it's growing into that bike, not getting something so big that you can't grow into it. And, and I think 1100 is a perfect size bike for you. It's just something where it takes a little time. Um, we get real, real bad crosswind here sometimes. That that bigger bike is going to help keep that bike from being blown around on the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the other thing is is uh, um, and we in California we had the, it was called the Santa Ana winds. 
you get some of those winds and they will they'll blow you all over the road mm-hmm. i mean I, i've watched it almost pick up one of those and it, i think it was a little katana 600 which is not a very small bike it's mm-hmm. it's that's you know good for it that's, that's a good size port i watched that wind kind of actually l- almost lift him over and put him over in the lane next to him i'm like holy cow and that's actually when I found a diesel and I sat next to him and had him block wind for me. <laughs> I just kind of sat, you know, beside him almost kind of half, like almost at his rear end. Because mm-hmm. if he had to come over, I knew to get out of his way. Right. I was probably driving maybe in his blind spot, but it was either that or the, you know, the wind blow blowing me all over the place. And a 250, man, that wind would have, what I saw was the bigger bike. No. Yeah, so. Wow. That's crazy. Even crazier than that, there was a group that I used to ride with when I started riding again, uh, where they would do some annual rides, and they were telling me about someone that rode with them up until the previous uh, spring when they were doing their their St. Patrick's Day ride. And this is out in Iowa, and Iowa you have have hills, and the, the way they do it sometimes is crazy because they have the road almost sunk down a few feet on either side of the hill. Right, But then when you crest that hill, if it's a real windy day, that wind can really catch you. And there was a spot where they were going and they there was a slight curve to the road. They were cresting a hill and it was really windy. And this person was on a fat boy, which fat boys have the, the solid steel rims. They, they don't have the spokes or, or the mag rims. It's just a, so, a solid steel bullet or bullet. Oh, okay. And the wind caught that as he was shifting... All right, as he was turning kind of through that, the wind changed in directions, and then it picked up, plus him clearing that hill where now he's getting full wind. It kicked the bike out from underneath him and almost turned him into a kite. Oh, yeah, because there was no airflow through mm-hmm. the tires. There was no spoke. So wow. th- that's, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said 1,100 is pretty good for you because you that wind, wind is an enemy for you. Yeah. And, and now if you're driving a car, I mean, I've known it in my truck when we we're driving my truck down to uh, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a couple of those places? And you could actually feel the truck move from the wind. Yeah. That's a big truck. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, I've seen the winds knock over, you know, the big, you know, big rigs, mm-hmm. you know. I've been on my bike, which is a, a big, heavy bike. And wind's been blowing so hard that I've had to, to maintain a straight line, lean at a 15 to 20 degree angle. Yeah. So it, there's a reason why you go with a, why I like to go with a little heavier bike. There's a lot mainly there's more mass below you um a bigger bike you generally those little sports bikes are even the the difference between a the the 650 and then 1100 for the yamaha series there's actually a good size difference Mm -hmm. there 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 is a mass difference there it's harder to see on a a little 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 bike i mean and if you're a cross rock it's 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 done so other big piece of advice i'd give is until you're comfortable with your bike and the and comfortable with the roads around you ride with someone that's an experienced rider yeah yeah Um, definitely one (laughs) one if anything happens you've got someone there that has probably seen it before two they know what to look for and and as you make stops they can point out to you well here's why i did this and what i was looking for um three i guess if you forget to put your kickstand down they can help you pick up the bike (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah you want to tell us about that rebecca that was you yeah that was me so we were headed up to blair to the cottonwood resort up there and i was 
Leading, I think. Yeah. I was leading. Because she knew where to go. She knew where to go, yeah. Well, the, technically, the I did The scenic route through the trailers and Yeah, she took campers. us. Now, I don't like driving on gravel. Neither do I. Um, I, I, I can't stand it. It's, it's, it's a big thing. And it was more dirt than it was gravel, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was dirt, gravel, but it was still... Still. Yeah. Dirt is still not like a good concrete, friend. concrete, asphalt. Yeah. yeah. Something Yeah, some solid. solid. Yeah. So, yeah. now you took us through the scenic route through this. I did. And then uh, we pulled up to the parking area for the bikes. No motorcycle parking specifically. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and keep keep in mind, this is all gravel. So, you have a tendency to slide a little bit. You did excellent through there. Yeah, I did. did. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. She and, looked like she was one of us. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the nice paved section that they have for motorcycle yep. parking. And What did you do? And I go to get off the bike and I forgot to put the kickstand down. It yep. was great. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. I'm just glad nobody else saw it. We're, we're sitting there and we see Rebecca get off the bike and like go and then we just see the bike kind of slowly tip over, almost like in super slow motion. Yeah. Yep. And and of course I ran over and I helped get the bike up for you. It took you a minute. Well, I didn't realize what was going you had to on. Stop laughing. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it was. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I didn't realize what was going on. I saw right. the bike start to lean, and I'm like, and then it got to a point where I'm like. I think the kickstand should have picked, got the bike from yeah, this point. What's going we, on here? We both had to take a second to, to figure out, did something happen to the kickstand? What yeah. Did the kickstand, was it not down all the way and they kicked back up? And yeah, it, was, it was a good time. And, you know, yeah. we, we've all done done stupid stuff like that. So And I've done it here. I did it here in the on the street, and it must have been the 650 because I was able to pick it up by myself. Yeah. But with that one, with the 1100, there, yeah, I wasn't able to get it off. I saw. And, and you know, with, with kickstands, even if you're an experienced rider, check the ground where your kickstand is going to be setting yeah. down. Because if you're putting it down on someplace that has some loose gravel and you're on an incline, it can push you forward a little bit, and that kickstand can can kind of slide back up. And next thing you know, your bike's down on the ground. Yeah. See, it still makes me nervous because I don't I don't get how that little kickstand can hold up that big bike. <laughs> it's, it's I don't all, know. All mathematics and physics and. If we put it here and at this angle, it'll it'll balance it and hold it up. I know. Like, I get that up here. I know that. But, like, when I'm actually, like, putting the bike down mm-hmm. and putting the kickstand, I'm like, how is that holding See, that up? That's a new that's a new rider right. experience. You and me, I, I guess we just, you know, we just trusted it. Right. We, we've done it so long that, you know, generally it's it's user error. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I forgot to put down my kickstand. I don't know how much. And, and I will tell you. I was able to walk 20 feet away from my bike before it finally fell. I have no idea why it stood up that long, but (laughs) I walked away and I'm like, and I remember looking back, I'm like, yep, I'm good. It it could have been that you put it down, but it wasn't in that fully locked position where it's all the way down. Yeah, that that could be. And you know, to, to Rebecca's point, I've had that same feeling when I've gotten a new bike or when I'm riding someone else's bike because all kickstands are the same for the most part. But they're not. <laughs> they're, they're, I, I'm, when I'm talking kickstands, I'm talking the ones on the side, not the ones that pop up your back tire that are underneath. Those are mostly so, scooters now, I've noticed. Well, they, there are some older bikes that have those too, yeah. but they're all the same, but they're not because that lean angle is slightly different bike to bike. And, yeah. And you get used to your lean angle, and then you ride a different bike that leans over just a couple degrees farther. And or not as much. Yeah. And you're like, was this going to catch her? Wow, that caught earlier. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I actually prefer the sidekick stand to the tire kicking up. Oh, so do I. I don't like the tire kicking up. However, it, it, now it seems like it would be sol- more solid, but you actually have to lift the back of the bike up and like push down this the the kickstand, and it's kind of difficult sometimes and if it's a heavier bike good luck doing that with a bike like mine yeah yeah i mean now you're lucky you have the bike you ride is is electric start i mean you i used i I remember my first bike was a kickstart Mm -hmm. um yeah i rode on a little dirt bike i was i was not tall enough to ride the bike um so i had to like pull it up to a fence and climb up a fence (laughs) you know and then get on it and then kick off the fence and go and then when I got off of it, I had to pull up to a fence, and because I my legs didn't touch the ground, there's no way that my my legs were going to touch the ground. I must have been like eight or nine, I, I, yeah. just crazy. That's, that's why we had that little mini bike. It was, yeah, you know, nice and nice and short, built for you know someone that age. See, I didn't have that. I had the I had a dirt bike and a horse, so <laughs> uh, you know I would ride either one, um, and it, both both of them I had to climb a fence to get on. Yeah. It was just crazy. So, <laughs> all right, well good uh good talk so that uh, was fun basically yeah. courteous to to bikers pay attention not all bikers are are rude or or mean most of them will actually come to your your aid oh, if yeah. you get stuck somewhere some of the nicest guys we we rode with and girls yeah. there's a lot more girls mm-hmm. riding now too the, the female riding population and not just riding on the bike but riding their own bikes or not just riding on the back but riding their own bikes is really gotten larger over the last several years i love it i I love it because we we rode with a female driver and she gave you some advice you know as well so Mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty good so i think that's going to be our show what's our uh what's our next episode i think we're going to touch on some airline information oh we're going to go up in the air okay yep (laughs) that's good well chad it was it was nice having you on here great being here we'll do it again sometime we definitely will i think you're going to maybe talk about talking about your own podcast too aren't you hopefully uh hopefully sometime by the you know middle of july or so i should have a podcast up just uh talking about all sorts of subjects it'll be uh, a little bit about firearms a little bit about what's going on in the world as far as politics a uh, little bit just uh, things that I think should be common sense to people. You know, I, w- I want to talk about because there's the the whole thing with everyone thinking police are out to get them. And, and yeah, there are some bad cops out there. But there are things you need to do to, you know, keep yourself from being shot by a police officer. And, and it's really simple things. We, yeah. we covered a lot of those issues on this one. Don't be stupid. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's there's things that you do to make safe. So, yeah, a police officer... Make sure you could they can see your hands. You mm-hmm. know, just yeah. So I, I'm yeah. Let me know when you have it. I'll, I'll I'll definitely be a guest on yours. Yeah, definitely. And it's uh gonna start off like this when we're it's audio and hopefully have video up shortly after that. Especially for for we find some place to go shooting and uh, yeah, I I'd like to do uh do things just on on different types of guns and shooting and and how the action works on them. How um you know the nuances between the two. I just got a a long range rifle so want to do a, a little bit that's going to be a journey into my expl- exploration of long-range shooting oh well, i definitely look forward to hearing all that sounds like fun all right well i think <laughs> right that's our show alley. yeah that's right up my alley yeah well our show so uh it was uh thank you everybody for listening bye everybody bye everyone <laughs>